It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers 5-2. Vegas improves to 29-14-6, and 64 points on the year. Next in action tomorrow, 5 o'clock, against the Detroit Red Wings. And then it's eight days off for the Vegas Golden Knights, the bye week in the NHL All-Star break. And the Golden Knights are hitting it on a high note, at least after tonight's victory. Let's go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, to help us break down this victory. And you know what, Dan? Let's start, obviously, with Nick Waugh, who, you know, you just you just spoke to him. Uh, it's hard to argue he's not playing the best hockey of his career. Why is he performing so well alongside Ivan Barbashev and Jonathan Marcheseau? Yeah, it's a great question, Ryan. And we've seen very good stretches from Nick at different spots and in different roles over the years. You go back and you talk to the players who were with him in the American League, and by with him I mean not only teammates with Charlotte when they won the Calder Cup, but also opponents. remember talking to Nick Haig, Zach Whitecloud, those guys who were playing for the Chicago Wolves in the Calder Cup final against Nick. And, you know, Nick was the guy you didn't want to be on the ice when he was out there because he was just going to take the puck away or he was going to score. He was going to do something. And at that time, the Chicago Wolves, the Knights affiliate, really couldn't do much about it, and Charlotte won the series. So it is not always easy to transpose the success in the American League to the NHL. Some guys do it faster. Different opportunities, different organizations. You do wonder, as Gary said, what would Nick Wad be like with the Hurricanes if he had never been traded away? What if he were on another team in the NHL? You know, sometimes it's a you know support player on a successful team, and a guy gets more opportunity as a result. You know, it, it just seems to me that when you've got the versatility of Nick Waugh, the hockey smarts of Nick Waugh, you can do so much, and you just get more and more comfortable. He's had big moments in his Golden Knights career. He's had opportunities, but as you get, you know, more and more experienced, it's hard to say that he's, you know, one of the young guys now. We've kind of joked about this a little bit. You know, where where's the cutoff there? You know, he is um, still, you know, in his first handful of NHL seasons, but he has cemented himself as among the most reliable players on the Knights roster. You trust him in any situation. And when we asked Ivan Barbashev about him, the first thing he said was how smart he is. And I think if you watch Nick Waugh play in any situation, either end of the ice, you hear him speak, you could tell that uh, among the most obvious traits he has, he's just a smart guy. So, I mean, like, obviously right now it's going well, and that, that line looks to be building incredible chemistry night in and night out. So it, it, it kind of leads you into this idea, or at least the thought in the back of your mind, that if, if everyone's healthy, is this a trio that, you know, if you're Bruce Cassidy seeing how it's performed, and of course they'd have to continue that, a trio that should stay together? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's Jack Eichel's spot to lose. And, you know, sure. sometimes you think about, you know, okay, well, all right, if, if Nick's going to be there, well, then who plays with Jack Eichel? And would you be, and I use this word with no disrespect, would you be wasting Jack Eichel if you put him with players who did not have the same skill level as, say, Marcia So and Barbashev? We already know they can win the Stanley Cup. They did it a few months ago. So there's that, you know, devil's advocate side of it. But, you know, Ryan, it, it's so hard to say right now because – you know, heaven forbid that another injury occurs or something else happens. We saw Pavel Dorofiev leave earlier today. We don't know anything about that. So uh, you, you kind of, you know, don't want to count your chickens before they hatch or whatever the appropriate sure. analogy or cliche or idiom might be. 
Um, but between you, me, and the Staten Island Ferry, I would keep Nick Waugh right where he is until Jack Eichel is anywhere near the Golden Knights lineup. All right, so let's move off of Nick Waugh and, and Ivan Barbashev and, and John of the Marshes Owen and, and talk again about Aiden Hill, uh, another one of those Aiden Hill-like performances. And, you know, I, I think coming into this season, the question mark surrounding Aiden was, would he be able to get back to the level that he was at during the Stanley Cup playoff run? And, and right now, Aiden just seems to be locked in. Like, this is an, an everyday occurrence for him where he just goes about his business. He makes the saves he's supposed to make, maybe a couple that he's not supposed to make. Is this just kind of who Aiden Hill is inside this organization right now? Right, and the guys in front of him have played very well, too. You've had different injuries on the blue line at different stretches this year. But we always will go back to you know, that first year when Fleury got injured and the group had to figure things out. We've got to make it as easy as possible for the guys filling in for the number one goalie. And I bet you there was a little bit of that. Bruce Cassidy has told us about the conversations had with the defensive pairs and how defensive structure had to come first. And really since then, not only have the Knights started winning, they've also been much stronger in terms of goals against. And Aiden Hill is the beneficiary of the last two. We also Logan Thompson, saw Logan Thompson become uh, really comfortable. Some of the best hockey we've ever seen from Logan has been in this recent and stretch but if you got both goalies going the confidence just feeds mm -hmm. itself so yeah i mean it's very good showing from aiden hill but i would also say that the group in front of him has you know had to try to figure things out in his absence to make up for that absence of hill and try to support logan and yuri patera etc so i think that it, it sort of uh, it, it all kind of works together to bring them to a spot where they're uh, they're <laughs> they're not giving up much. Yes, the shots are high, but th that's th you know it's almost part of the plan. I don't love giving up that many shots, but it, it's it's it they're they're not all high danger chances. You've got to realize that not every shot on goal is equal. So the Golden Knights now six one and one in their last eight games. That's certainly a dominant record. But it, has it felt like a dominant stretch of hockey to you? Um, I, I, I would hesitate to, to use that word, Ryan, if, uh, yeah. if I were asked in an open-ended way. So I guess no it would be the answer. There have been dominant stretches. Clearly the, the offensive production from the Marcheseau, Barbashev, and Watt line, you might put in the dominant category. I mean, what, you know, Marcheseau has scored lots of goals in this league. I mean, it's, it seems like he's on track now to set a new career high in goals if everything goes well from here on in. But in terms of Barbashev, this is probably the most dominant Barbashev hockey we've seen. Nick Waugh has been very, very good, but I, I, I think the word dominant most applies to Ivan Barbashev in the way that he's played recently. It is, um, it is impressive what they're doing, but they're not coming out and scoring four goals in the first period and coasting the rest of the way. You know, early on in this game, again, the Rangers had good opportunities. It was a 1-1 game in the second period. Vegas pulls away. But uh, I think there are individual moments and stretches of dominant hockey, but I, I'm, I'm not sure I would quite go that far to characterize what the Knights are doing. The points are there, right? You know, you look at the point run here, yeah. then, uh, you know, you, you might quibble. But um, I think that given the number of absent players, they're, um, you know, they're still, they can be even better than they are right now. All right, Dan, so when you, uh, when you look at this one, any final thoughts before we turn our attention to just one more game before the bye week and the All-Star break tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings? How many uh, 
times do you think Gary Lawless wants to explain his reference to Billy Joel lyrics? Because if I stopped to explain my <laughs> reference to Billy Joel lyrics all the time, we'd never talk about hockey. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. Uh, it was a great reference, might, it, but once you have to explain it, it kind of loses all the, you know, he's not in the booth yeah. anymore, so I can say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Dan. Uh, great stuff, as always. Enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we'll chat tomorrow. Great. Thanks, Ryan. That's the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights over the New York Rangers. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu-priced pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's a VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers 5-2. Vegas 29-14 and 6-64 points on the year. Next in action tomorrow, 5 o'clock against the Detroit Red Wings. Golden Knights with 5 out of a possible 6 points so far on this four-game road trip. They finish it off tomorrow, and then it's the bye week and the All-Star break, eight days off for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's already a great road trip, right? You've got more than 50% of the points going into the final game. Like, if the Golden Knights are able to win tomorrow, if they're able to close this thing out in Detroit, taking seven of eight on the road without Jack Eichel, without William Carlson, without William Carrier, without Shea Theodore, that would be among one of the more impressive runs, specifically on the road for the Golden Knights, so far this season. So that's what's at stake. What's That's what's in front of the Golden Knights tomorrow night in that game against the Detroit Red Wings. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. As mentioned many times on the broadcast by both Dan Duva and Gary Lawless, Pavel Dorofiev left the game early, early in the third period. It was right after Jonathan Marchessault scored his second goal of the game. He did not return in the third period for the Golden Knights, so something to keep an eye on as we you know, inch closer and closer again to the bye week and the All-Star break. Though I will say Michael Amadio uh, was a full participant in morning skate today, regular jersey, so he's, he's kind of tracking toward perhaps coming back into the lineup. For the Golden Knights tomorrow against Detroit. So you might be getting Amadio back. You got Aiden Hill back on Tuesday. Uh, he's played two games and he has stopped 76 of 80 shots. 95% of the shots that Aiden Hill has faced, he has stopped. He's been phenomenal since returning from injury for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and it was a better start for the Golden Knights than it was the last time these two teams played as the Golden Knights opened the scoring on Sheldon Rempel's second career NHL goal. Eight to the right. Cotter shoots. Score! Rempel in front got a piece. Vegas takes a 1-0 lead. Five minutes into the first period. Sheldon Rempel. The former Clarkson Golden Knight has his second goal as a Vegas Golden Knight. 
Sheldon Rempel from Paul Cotter and Nick Haig. 5.02 of the first period made it one to nothing. Vegas and the Golden Knights scored in the first period tonight, so make sure you have the McDonald's app downloaded to redeem your free French fries of any size at your local McDonald's tomorrow. So the Golden Knights lead one to nothing in the first period, but the Rangers took the game over after the Rempel goal and tied the game 90 seconds later on Blake Wheeler's eighth goal of the year. Carried down toward the corner. Now it's returned out high by Fox. Gustafson left in the circle. Wheeler scores! Blake Wheeler promoted to the top line for this contest against Vegas. The righty rips it home long side from the left dot. Blake Wheeler from Eric Gustafson and Adam Fox. 6.33 the first period tied the game at one. We'd head to the second period all knotted up at one and the Golden Knights started the second period with more jump and it led to a great individual effort from Keegan Kolasar who put the Golden Knights back in the lead with his fourth goal of the year. A steal for Kolasar. Charging out. Kolasar on the right. He shoots and scores! Kolasar on the breakaway. Top right corner on Igor Shosturkin. 2-1 Golden Knights. Kolasar's fourth goal of the season. Keegan Kolasar unassisted. 3-18 of the second period made it 2-1 Vegas. The Golden Knights extended their lead less than a minute later as Jonathan Marcheseau tipped home his 23rd goal of the year. Marcheseau and Barbashev to it. Watt backhand to the Barbashev. He shoots, score! Tip from Marcheseau. What a setup. And the Knights strike quickly. 3-1 Vegas, four minutes into the second. Jonathan Marcheseau, his first of the game from Ivan Barbashev and Nick Waugh. 4-0-4 the second period made it 3-1 Vegas. The Golden Knights would take that two-goal lead into the third period, and the Golden Knights added an insurance marker early in the third as Jonathan Marcheseau scored his second of the game. Barbashev in, walks it, and shot it wide on the rebound. Another try, score! <laughs> Marcheseau! Wow, Jonathan Marcheseau's second of the day after two tries from Barbashev, and the Knights have a three-goal lead two and a half minutes into the third period. 24th goal of the year for Jonathan Marcheseau, second of the game from Ivan Barbashev and Nick Waugh, 2-11 of the third period, made it 4-1 to Vegas. Then Aiden Hill, who was great all night long, comes up with a big glove save. Comes around the rim and now out to the point, Gustafson right, Truber right circle, closing and shooting, glove save by Hill! Truba sees open ice in front, kept taking it closer and closer to the net, and Aiden Hill with a glove save through traffic to his left. Big stop there from Aiden Hill to keep it a 4-1 lead for the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Rangers would pull Igor Shesterkin with over four minutes left in the game and got one back as Capocacco slammed home a rebound. Rangers win it. Trubo, one-time shot block. Rebound score. Capo Kako gets the rebound at the left side of the crease. Kako's fourth goal in his 27th game. And now it's a 4-2 Vegas lead. Capo Kako, his fourth of the year from Jacob Truba and Blake Wheeler. 18.55 of the third period made it 4-2 Vegas. But the Golden Knights iced the game 30 seconds later when Jonathan Marcheseau completed the hat trick with an empty net goal. Now behind McNabb trying to swat it around. Here's Barbashev in his own zone. Fires out. Marcheseau thinking a hat trick here. Marcheseau shoots. He scores! Third of the day for Jonathan Marcheseau. 5-2 Knights with 28 seconds to play in the third. 
25th goal of the year for Jonathan Marcheseau. Third of the game, hat-trick goal, empty netter from Ivan Barbashev and Braden McNabb. 19:31 of the third period made it 5-2 to Vegas, and all that was left in this game was the final call. The Golden Knights with a win on Long Island, a visit to West Point, and now a win at Madison Square Garden. Final score, Vegas 5, New York 2. And there you have it, 5-2 to two the finals. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers, sweep the season series, and improve to 29-14-6 this season with 64 points on the year. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's a post game show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers 5-2. Vegas now five out of six points on this road trip. Have a chance to make it seven of eight going into the bye week and the All-Star break, 29-14-6, and six, 64 points on the year, 6-1-1. One, and one in their last eight games. And I, I asked Dan Duva if, you know, it's a dominant record, no doubt, but has it felt like dominant hockey from the Golden Knights? And he said no, and I'm, I'm with him. I agree with him. I, I don't know that it's been a dominant performance top to bottom from the Golden Knights. What it has been is structured to an identity, and what you're getting right now is performances from individuals that, can kind of carry you through, right? That can kind of put points in the bank for you. And, you know, you look at where the Golden Knights are at right now and what they've been able to put together. They're holding steady right where they've been for the most part all year in the Pacific Division. The Edmonton Oilers are winning every game that they play. The Vancouver Canucks are not, you know, they're pushing in the right direction. They haven't really hit a snag so far this season and so for the Golden Knights really what you're looking for what you're hoping for is that they just continue to find ways to put points in the bank you know and so what you're getting right now is a team that against all odds with all the injuries that they're dealing with they're finding ways to to pick up points and and that's huge just look at where the Los Angeles Kings are for reference let's hear from Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's game wasn't great when he left how have you seen the team game grow with each game this trip? Well, you know, the Jersey game offensively we're dynamite, uh, didn't check well at all. So I think that's the biggest reason we've won games. We've checked better. Uh, New York early on, Long Island, a little bit of finding our legs. So we managed pucks well, didn't get ourselves in much trouble. Eventually got a lead and hung on to it. Today I thought we were not as good as the Rangers in the first period. They had their rush game going, and we had to shut that down or at least minimize it. So that was our topic of discussion after the first period, and I thought our guys bought into that. We were, we were better as a group of five. Our first guy wasn't getting beat, and now puts the other two guys in a bad spot, the forwards, and the D have to back off, and all of a sudden you're giving up the line all first period. So we corrected that, and I thought that helped us. And obviously when you score early in the period, it gives you juice. Um, and again, Hilly in both those games in the first period when the other team was better than us, 
um, was able to hold us in it. So you need that, especially on the road against good teams. Um, so those are the, that was the formula tonight. And then once we got the lead, I thought we were smart, disciplined, stayed out of the box for the most part, managed the puck fairly well, uh, made them work for their ice, and um, it was a good formula. <clears throat> Colasar and that fourth line, they're trying to give you some offense. How big is that for the whole group when you see a guy like him score the way he did? I mean, it wasn't a, a dirty goal. It was a great shot. So I think it's the first one he shot in the net this year. Good for Cole. <laughs> like, right. Usually it's deflecting them or, you know, like tipping them. Um, yeah, so, well, it's a big goal. He's a very popular guy. Listen, any time a fourth liner that's a kind of a, a good soldier type of guy scores, it lifts your bench and on any team. Remps gets one early going to the net. So, again, we're putting guys in the lineup. Um, young guys and they're coming through every game with some offense for us so that that's the other part of it is you need secondary scoring for obvious reasons we're missing some guys that give us that uh, so we've gotten it from Brisson now Rempel Coley gets one um, so you know again uh, good for the guys uh, you know you need that um, as I said you're not going to win every game two to one or one nothing so get guys scoring and gives the bench a lift. Colasar's goal is not a simple goal, but you know, March still gets <coughs> one off a deflection, Rempel gets one off a deflection, March still gets another one with a shot goes to the net. I mean, pucks going to the net, when you, when you're missing the guys you have, can't skill your way through it. I mean, how key is that just getting, getting you didn't get well, a lot of shots tonight. No, and, and listen, every yeah. game we've probably, to be honest, in New York, same thing. We're, we're, we will get outshot and out-attempted quite a bit, even more on our game and with our top guys, because that's just a little bit of our style of play. So we've talked about that. It's where are the shots coming from. First period, they're coming from good spots, two good spots. That's not us. We don't want to be that team. Second and third period, I thought they were coming from the outside, and you could see New York getting a little bit frustrated trying to force plays, and now all of a sudden you get your sticks and lanes and turnovers. So, um, but us going to the net, it has to be that way. Um, we've tried to build more of that into the game. We done some analytics deep dive after halfway and we're getting outscored in the slot battle it's an area that we've we, we take a lot of pride and I don't believe that happened much last year so this year we said okay that this stretch of second half of the season let's focus on that good for the guys for getting there uh, pucks have to arrive I think our D have done a better job up top like Hag's play down to Paul Cotter to initiate that mm -hmm. play is, is a really good heads up play so um, that there's also that but yeah, we wanted to get to the interior. I, I don't see New York enough, but I do see a lot of rush game. Uh, so if we can force them to get inside and go to the net, uh, that can you know, you know, maybe work to our advantage, and tonight it happened to How beneficial was it to see these guys just eight days ago? To see them eight days ago? Yeah. I don't know. You play so many games in this league, you're just rolling through. Obviously, some tendencies, like Panarin likes to hide on the weak side, right? You see it a little more if you go through video. We, we, we did that with Edmonton last year. All of a sudden, you see Dry Settle McDavid over there. So, how are you going to defend that? How can you cut some of those plays off and get pressure on them without getting inside your system? So, there's always a few tendencies, uh, face offs and um, plays, et cetera. They like to go forward. They got two great chances at home against us on that. So, we tightened that up. So, that's the advantage. Is there's a few, few more things you can do because you know them better. But, I mean, the player's got to go out and play no matter who it is. <coughs> Any update on Dorothea? Uh, upper body uh, left did not return. Uh, we'll we'll find out more on him tomorrow. Obviously, we're we're flying to Detroit, so um, I, Mike Amadio has been cleared uh, after today, so he should should be in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, so we do have one you know a forward coming back if Pav can't go in, but I, I'm not going to say he can or can't right now. But that that's what happened. There's just one other thing we ask every game about this line of Wah, Barbashev, Marcheseau. 
they just seem to be getting better with each game. I know. I had, Feeling good about. I had a guy named Michael in there, I guess, dragging that line down. <laughs> I was going to say, you may yeah. have to uh, think about uh, leaving it the way it is. But what, what is impressing you about just the way that line is performing game in and game out? Uh, well, it's required, for one. It, press, it presses me that we're relying on them a little more than maybe when you have your full complement of players. So, um, and they're just feeling it right now. And they're, and they're not scoring lucky goals. I mean, they're around the top of the crease. They're making plays to the slot. Um, they're using each other. They seem to have natural chemistry. Um, so, and we need it. So keep it up. Nick was a guy you could play up and down the lineup, but just seeing how impressive he's been on this road trip, just how much more confidence does that give you with him going forward? Well, it gives you options. You know, when the guys are back, okay, so he can play up in the lineup. Maybe we move one of our centermen to the wing and, uh, and load up your top three lines, right? Because Brett Howden can always go down. Um, who was up with Stevie and Stoney. So it gives you more options knowing he can he can handle that responsibility in the ice time. He usually plays a lot anyway because he's on both special teams, but to be able to go, having to go against the top D pairs most times now or second best pair, like that's that's one of the things people forget when you move up the lineup. It, it, you know, it's a little more degree of difficulty with the people you're playing against. So it's good for a coach to know that. Um, I was told all along Nick had that in him. You know, like, let's face it, since I've been here, he's been mostly in the four-check sort of chip and chase type of role not a lot of but again it's not all line rush for their line it's been a lot of like the last marshy's second one well yes and it originated off that but it, it was a puck to the net to the slot and a rebound so um you know it's it's, it's good to have let's just say that it's good to have especially when you're losing when you're missing some skill <clears throat> up here lately. can you start to sense it or feel it when he's about to go on a well a you know he hadn't scored in a while and uh, he got that empty net goal, right? Who was, where was that? Uh, Nashville. Was that home against Nashville? So the old coach got him going, got him a freebie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that's Marshy. Sometimes he gets streaky, right? And uh, the Pittsburgh game, he, he, their line was challenged, to be honest with you, because they'd had the good game against Nashville, and I thought they weren't, weren't as effective in their mindset of how to produce that night. And, and ever since then, they've really taken off. So, I, listen, they're... they're Veteran guys in the t like Nick and Barbie have been in the league. You wouldn't call them, you know, gray beards by any means, but they've been around. They know, they, they can look around. And that's one thing I, about our team. And we went through it last year, and you know, you saw it firsthand. When guys were out, our guys can look around and say, okay, we need a little more. I got to bring a little more tonight. And they seem to have a good feel for for that and, and what the team needs. So, and they're going through it right now. And Marshy's a big part of that. We need scoring. Um, you can see our power plays. It, it's it's not functioning well with some guys missing. The chemistry's off because the groups are you know, not all the same. And uh, so we need it five on five. And we've done a good job with it. Thank you, Bruce. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 5-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back to wrap it up next on the VGK Postgame Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's a VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers 5-2. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. For the Golden Knights, they score first, and then the Rangers take the game over in the first period. It was really all New York, but Aiden Hill stood tall. He was phenomenal in the opening 20 minutes for the Vegas Golden Knights. 1-1 one -one 
after the first period, and then in kind of a similar ways to how it happened against the Rangers eight days ago. The Golden Knights, opportunistic in the second period, they kind of open up the game a little bit and have a 3-1 lead going into the third period, and then you get Jonathan Marcheseau kind of taking the game over. He has a hat trick for the Vegas Golden Knights. Aiden Hill, again, 36 saves on 38 shots against, and the rest is history for the Golden Knights. They just kind of cruise in that third period. I know it was a little bit uh, more difficult than that, but the Golden Knights are, are putting together and finding ways uh, to to win hockey games, to pick up points in the standings, and this was uh, another one of those games where the Golden Knights opportunistic with their offensive chances and relying on their structure and their goaltender to make the saves that they need to make. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-2 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers, sweep the season series from the Rangers, 29-14-6. 64 points on the year. The Vegas Golden Knights still second place in the Pacific Division, kind of keeping pace with the Edmonton Oilers. So you like to see that next in action tomorrow, 5 o'clock against the Detroit Red Wings. And then it's eight days off for the Vegas Golden Knights, bi-week NHL All-Star break. And we'll see if they're any healthier kind of coming out of the All-Star break than they are going into it. 702-876-1340, that's the number, 702 702- 876-1340. Listen, you guys can hear it in my voice. The more you call, the better this post game is going to be. I'm just saying it right now. You don't want to listen to me. I want to hear from you. I want your opinions, your thoughts on a Vegas Golden Knights team that right now is 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight games. Seven of those games without Jack Eichel. All of those games without William Carlson. All of those games without William Carrier. All of those games without Shea Theodore. It is wild to me that the Golden Knights are 6-1-1 one, one in their last eight games because it hasn't been dominating from the Vegas Golden Knights, and yet it's a dominant record. It's wild to me. It really is. 702-876-1340. It's your postgame show. Pick up the phone. Give me a call right now. Let's lead it off with Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, it, it's quite a run, and I, I will argue one point here. I will agree with you and Dan. On, on semantic evaluation of what this run feels like. It doesn't feel anything special. doesn't feel remarkable. You want a run that feels remarkable? Be an Edmonton Oilers fan for the month of January. That was a mm-hmm. remarkable month and may still be. Uh, it, it's, that's what remarkable has its face all over. So, I don't know what the potential of this team is, so I will agree with that use of semantics, and this is an unremarkable run 
of 6-0-1. The one I'm going to disagree with, and, and I'm going to try to be very, very brief here, and uh, wish the Knights all the best, and we'll call tomorrow, and that is the use of the word identity. I, I cringe anymore when I hear it, and I went to Google and looked it up, and identity means the fact of being who a person is. Let's mm-hmm. replace it with potential, the qualities that may develop for future success. If you play to your identity, you're Michael Amadio not getting any better, you're Keegan Colazar not scoring, you're Sheldon Rample not scoring twice in two games, you're Jonathan Marchessault with 14 goals instead of 24. Let's stop thinking about playing to our identity and think about what amazing this, how amazing this run really is if we play to our potential. I want to hear your thoughts on that, okay? Well, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll push back on that. When we talk about identity, we're talking about a team identity, not individuals. Yeah, a team identity. Right. That's so, what so like said in the loss to New Jersey, which is right. hardly a loss in my mind, but okay. Well, it's, it's, abs- Mike, right. it's, Mike, it it's absolutely a loss. For a game. The, the point is you want to be predictable. You want to be predictable. You want to play collectively to an identity because that's what makes you a team that believes your game can beat anybody else's game. So, like, I, I understand what you're saying from an individual perspective. Yeah, absolutely. If you're John of the Marshes, so you want to be the best version of yourself and then better. If you're Jack Eichel or Michael Amadio or whatever it is, you want to play to, to your greatest potential. Absolutely. But in order to win games... You have to make things as predictable as possible. So when we're talking about identity, we're not talking about individual players playing to just what they are in this moment. We're talking about a team playing to a structure that they need to play to in order to win. Well, I'll throw one more thought in, and then I'm, and you can let me go. But that is mm-hmm. this. If you play to your identity and everybody says, well, I'll never get any better than who I am, then as a team – would you attain greatness? In other words, would Chandler Stevenson be who he has been if he'd always believed what Washington told him? That's where I get but, a little but why, cringeworthy. Why are you why are you putting a limiter on it? I guess. Yeah, I, I see your point. Playing tremendously. playing I mean, to I a do. team playing to a team identity is not inherently limiting your potential. Well, each like, individual for has Chandler to play Stevenson above his head though to play to a team best potential. Don't you agree? No, I mean, look at it from the Golden Knights perspective, Mike. They put players in positions to succeed inside the team framework, inside the team identity. Like Chandler Stevenson excels and he's reached new potential because he's playing inside of a structure that really suits his skill set. The same thing for Michael Amadio, the same thing for an Alex Petrangelo, the same thing for a Jack Eichel. And so, like, when you can push in that direction and you make it predictable. And thanks, Mike, for the call. I don't think of identity as a limiter in any way, shape, or form. I I think that you can individually think that if you want to, but I don't view it that way from the Golden Knights perspective. You have to be comfortable. You have to take your brain out and go out and play, and you've got to recognize what you are as a team, who you are as a team, and you have to play to that. Because you know, you can look at individual potential all you want, and you could talk about 
wanting to go out there and have more goals or whatever it might be on an individual basis. But then you're the Los Angeles Kings and you're, you're Drew Doughty calling out individuals for trying to get their cookies. Like, you have to play to the team identity first. Everything else that comes from that is kind of icing on the take on the cake. If, if you're Jonathan Marsh or so and you score nearly 40 goals this year, then personally, that's a great year for you. Did you do it inside the team identity? Yeah. Did you help your team win? Yeah. Did you make the playoffs? Are you chasing down another Stanley Cup? Yeah, that's what's most important. But, you know, again, I, I don't view team identity as being a limiter for individual potential. I just don't see it that way. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So um, I know you said you're filled under the weather. Thank you for showing up for us. Um, good thing I didn't have to fill in for you because uh, the station would have gotten fined if I had to just have that conversation with Mike. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, oh, I don't even remember what I wanted to say at this point. But, like, knowing your identity is how you reach your potential, right? You, If you have no sure, identity, yeah. you don't know where you're leading yourself. You need to have your own identity. You need to have a team identity to know where you're headed and where you want to reach. Like, saying that your identity is being a fourth-line grinder doesn't mean that you're not going to score goals or you're going to be bad. It just knows that you identify your strengths, that getting those mm-hmm. puck battles in the corner and, and fighting for it, you know that that's where your strength is. So... Ah, um, yay, uh, Marcy got the hat trick. That was awesome. Um, but something I mm-hmm. noticed was while on the two goals that weren't the, the uh, empty netter, um, really was doing the work to get that puck back mm-hmm. from New York and yep. get it to his team. Um, he has just really flourished with the higher minutes on the top line, top two lines, whatever you want to call it, right? Um mm-hmm. He has stepped into that role. And even though his identity has been a fourth-line grinder, he's, he's filling that role that's needed to get to the identity of the team. Yeah, you're, you're right there, Stephanie. Thanks for the call. Um, I mean, Nick Waugh has been phenomenal. You're, you're right to point out that his work on the forecheck has really been driving that line. And, you know, from, from a, you know, the perspective of who is Nick Waugh as a player – that's always been who he is, right? Like Nick Waugh is going to go into the corners. He's going to win back pucks on the forecheck. He's going to be able to make tight plays in, uh, you know, in tight down low, but below the circles, below the goal line. And if you've got players that are kind of reading off of Nick Waugh and what he's doing and where he's going, you can find lanes to the front of the net. Nick Waugh is working with Ivan Barbashev and John of the Marsh. So, because Nick Waugh is being Nick Waugh. He's not being Jack Eichel. He's not trying to carry the puck through the neutral zone. He's not trying to, to carry the puck into the offensive zone, looking for odd man rushes. He's playing to his strengths. He's being the vet, the best version of Nick Waugh because that's what the team needs him to be, and they're developing chemistry in in the offensive zone off of four-check pressure. They could still finish on the rush, uh, but I'm, I'm really encouraged by how they're playing right now. 702. 876-1340, that's the number. If you'd like to join us on the other side of the break, it's the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended post game show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 5-2. The final, the Golden Knights 
defeat the New York Rangers, sweep the season series 29-14-6. 64 points on the year. Let's take a real quick look here at the Pacific Division standings. Vancouver Canucks sit atop the Pacific Division, 69 points. The Vegas Golden Knights right behind them, 64 points, so just five points back of the Vancouver Canucks and still seven points up on the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton, 57 points, 28-15-1. The Oilers have won 15 games in a row, 15 games in a row. That's ridiculous. 702-876-1340, that's the number. You can give us a call or you can send in a text. Same number there on the text line. Philip Ibarra with the text. Another great job by Aiden Hill for only letting in two goals. Great win tonight. Go Knights, go. Aiden Hill, uh, as I you know, I mentioned a couple of times, has faced 80 shots over two games. 80 shots over two games. He's made 76 saves on 80 shots. That's a 950 save percentage. Unreal from Aiden Hill. And he has just looked so calm, so collected, so comfortable Having him back in the fold is huge for the Vegas Golden Knights. It really is. Uh, Just unbelievable stuff from Aiden Hill. Scott Thompson on the text line says, I can't believe how they are winning. Huge players out, but still keeping it together. Henderson Silver Knight coaches need a raise because all the call-ups are ready to play. Uh, You know, Scott, that's a really, I mean, it's a fair comment because you're right. Like the, the, The coaching staff for the Henderson Silver Knights They're doing a fantastic job, but you have to remember, right, Ryan Craig was an assistant with the Vegas Golden Knights, won a Stanley Cup as an assistant to Bruce Cassidy, was then promoted to head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights. There is great organizational synergy between Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights and Ryan Craig and the Henderson Silver Knights. And I think that the the ability to play within the same system, and I'm going to use the, the word that Mike doesn't like very much, to understand the organizational identity the team identity, what you're trying to accomplish on a night-in, night-out basis, what you're trying to do and how you're trying to play in a predictable way that if you get to where you need to go from an identity standpoint, it gives you a better-than-average chance to win. You have players that you can plug and play into the lineup in the National Hockey League. You can plug Sheldon Rempel into your third line and get production. You can plug Jonas Ronberg into your fourth line and get production. You can get the type of minutes that you need in certain spots that allow you and help you in a hockey game. And you know, individual success is 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 fine, but it has to it has to come with the success of the team. And so that's where you start to see some of those players really flourish and shine. Caden Korzak, a great example. The Golden Knights record with Caden Korzak in the lineup is phenomenal, and he has been a driver for the Golden Knights from the back end that allows you to get by in these moments where you don't have Shea Theodore. Lizette Villanueva, she says, I loved how they played in the second and third period. I agree. They outworked the Rangers. That's true. And she loved seeing them work as a unit. Kolasar's goal was awesome. Marchi was awesome. Hope Pavel Dorfiev is okay. Um, on Keegan Kolasar... He's got four goals this year. The first three were all deflections. He never shot the puck into the net. Tonight was the first goal that Keegan Kolasar 
actively shot into the net. And boy, oh boy, was it an absolute beauty from Keegan Colasar. I love the fact that he was able to create the steal, get on his horse, create an odd man rush going back the other way, and then he just absolutely beats Igor Shesterkin, one of the best goaltenders in the league, playing today. That's great. It gives you the individual skill that Keegan Colasar has. Maybe he pulls back sometimes, uh, makes right play the safe play, but again, it kind of plays into what you need to do and how you need to play in order to win games. Good stuff there on the text line. We're back to wrap it up next on the extended post game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-2 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the New York Rangers. Vegas 6-1-1 in their last eight games, 29-14-6 on the year, 64 points, second place in the Pacific Division. Next in action tomorrow, 5 o'clock, against the Detroit Red Wings. Final game for the Vegas Golden Knights on this four-game road trip and also the final game for the Vegas Golden Knights before the bye week and the NHL All-Star break. Golden Knights will not be in action for eight straight days. That is a lot of time off, and it's an important amount of time off for the Vegas Golden Knights as they try to rest up, as they try to recover and heal, maybe get a little bit healthy on the other side of it before you've got the stretch run in the NHL season. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air, making sure everything sounds great. And thanks to you, our listeners, our callers, our texters. It is your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls, your texts, and your input. Until tomorrow, have a great night, everybody. I'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Extended Golden Knights Post Game Show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.